Hello, everyone. Welcome back to BioNexus Health Autism Uprooted podcast. Today, we will be speaking to a, uh, an extraordinary mom, uh, an autism mom. I think all autism moms are pretty extraordinary, but uh, this mom has made some really tough choices. And it will be um, very interesting to speak with her. You know, where did she get the strength and the insight from to be able to make the choices that she's made for her son and her family? So uh, let's welcome Yeni to today's podcast. Welcome to the BioNexus Health Podcast with Dr. Jodi A. Dashaw, who holds a PhD in integrative medicine, is board certified in integrative pediatrics, an internationally recognized pioneering clinician and author. And now here's your host of BioNexus Health Podcast, Dr. Jodi A. Dashaw. Hey Yeni, how are you doing today? <laughs> Hello, doing well. Good morning. Good morning. Good to see you. <laughs> Good to see you. So today, you know, thank you, first of all, for being here and uh, speaking with me today. I'm sure it's going to help and inspire many that watch my podcast. Yes. Yes. And thank you. Thank you for your services. And thank you for having me. Absolutely. So um, how old is, is your son? And how, uh, you know, what made you decide Actually, let's talk about, you know, how old is your son? What were some of the symptoms that you saw? And uh, what made you decide that you 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 wanted to go the all-natural plant-based herbal medicine uh, route for his healing? Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, well, well, I apologize in advance if I get a little emotional because this is, oh, you know, it's no. been a... Um, it's been quite a journey. It has changed my life. And um, yeah, it's it's a it's a very emo it has been a very emotional um experience for myself as a mom who loves her child. Um, so my son is now six. And as um as I was pregnant with him, I you know I was a little bit studying regarding like eating organic versus GMO and things like that. Um, just, just, just starting, you know, just that journey. And as also, I was blessed to learn about vaccines at that moment. I learned that uh, vaccine was giving children neurological problems causing asthma, eczema, and I was blessed to be around a group of people who had unvaccinated children who were very healthy and very strong. And um, I had what I was reading, which were vaccination against the vaccine, about it having aluminum, about the vaccine aluminum being so strong that our brain has a barrier that keeps toxins from entering the brain, but the vaccines, toxins are so strong that it goes through the brain barrier and, and create problem in children, especially in the early years that they're very vulnerable, um, especially before age three. And I was blessed enough to start 
learning that and learning it from people who had teenagers who were unvaccinated and started noticing like these children are not constantly in the hospital. Um, these children don't have any asthma. And just in case I had any doubt that the vaccines were not necessary, I was witnessing very healthy children without it. So I oh, decided- Oh, it's awesome. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, you know, um, I've, I've been blessed to be around uh, people and kids who are, you know, free and clear as yeah. well. And it's just so amazing to see, you know, there's no food allergies. You're not constantly sick. You're not constantly, I mean, you know, most hardly visit their regular pediatrician. Most don't even have health insurance. They yeah. have, you know, holistic health share plans. They have an herbalist on board. So that is, yes, it, it is a completely amazing uh thing to witness and and you know see kids like that yes 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 go ahead, go ahead. yes and it's funny because even though that um one big mistake I did make was I was learning about midwifery and a doula and however um my insurance didn't cover it and I had a little money put away, but it was hard to get rid of everything cash you have. So I just relied on my regular hospital care or my OBGYN. And that was a big mistake. A big mistake because at the time, and I had already had one child before Zion, which I gave natural birth. Okay. And at home? No, 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 meaning it was not a C-section. Right. And, um, when I went to the hospital, my experience, it was, they were very ne negligent with me when I went in there to give birth. My water broke at 12 o'clock. And in the delivery room, they kept leaving me alone. They left me alone a lot. They, they never worked with me to try to give birth. And I was just in pain and pain and pain. And I mean, they checked on me a few times and... There was no support I, I, from from the time that my water broke. Nine hours later, that I had a C-section, I was alone in a room. Oh my goodness! Alone, and of course, after nine hours of crucial pain, and I did make another mistake of taking the epidural um, because that's the only thing they had to offer me. They didn't have to offer me anything else, no pushing, no breathing, no anything. The only thing they had to offer me was epidural, and the reason why I was angry is because when my son was born, his head was so coned, literally like a triangle, that mm. I knew that he was in the canal. So I know that if I just would have thought properly, which you can't while, you know, giving birth, I could have just pushed him out. And I know I could have, because I could tell that he was in the canal, like the way his head came out so coned, it took weeks for his head to shape properly. And um, yeah, nine o'clock a.m. They were like, "Oh, you need a C-section. Nothing is happening." But now that I look back, of course, nothing was happening. <laughs> there was no. Anyways, I I know, I, I know. Um, yes, yes. You know, many but, many can relate. I I understand that. Yes, you know, epidural. What is going to happen? You know, they have to induce. 
And yes, and the, the fact that Zion's head was already conical and he, he was in the canal, exactly. Yes. But, you know, again, insurance, they want to rush you. They want to hurry up, you know, because another day, uh, another billing codes. You know, it, it is so complex. It's almost like no one is working for what's best for the mother and the child. You know, everyone's working for coverage, you know, yeah. insurance coverage. That That's what the, this whole thing is about. It feels like sometimes. Yes. Yeah. And I will recommend any mom that's given birth, get you a doula and a midwife both or one or the other depending on what you can afford but don't just rely on the hospital um I, I, I just have a friend who you know she has knowledge of these things and as the hospital was just telling her that she's giving birth this is a few weeks ago as she, and she she as she signed the paperwork the, um, they were saying there's nothing else we could do man we have to give you a c-section it's dangerous something could happen to your baby and as she signed in the paperwork she gave one last push and the baby came out <laughs> there Wait, you go there you go good for her anesthesia man in the room <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness and they were telling her not to push but she wasn't listening anyways um yeah it's uh, oh, that's that's you know uh, Yenny that's fierce though I I love that that's so fierce so she mm -hmm. just <laughs> they told her don't push don't push and she just did it anyways and she was done yeah she said she oh, that's awesome like that is... was, yeah she said she couldn't help it her body was just doing it you know yes and when she gave the signature for the permission but the baby came right out <laughs> fantastic love it Yes. Uh, and talking about defiance and because, and uh, I've also had another baby after my son. And with that baby, they also told me I couldn't do a VBAC, which is natural birth after C-section. Right. And I was also determined. I, I mean, I cried a lot because what they said, because I know all the pain that I went through. And I, the reason why I also cried is because I know that when you give natural birth, the child gets coated in good bacteria. Exactly. Which when you give a C-section, the child skips that good bacteria, which help their gut be stronger pretty much for the rest of their life. So that section is skipped when a child has a C-section, which now they're more prone to gut issues. And that's what I believe happened to my son Zion because with the c-section i mean right away we started noticing certain digestive issues but with when i had another child after him when my water broke i stayed home i stayed home into the contraction where back to back to back to back to back and by the time i made it to the hospital they had no choice and i i, I refused the epidural and they had no choice but to allow me to give natural <laughs> It was just not a choice. But um, unfortunately with Zion, you know, my knowledge was not the same. And being in pain, birth pains, you know, you're not even thinking properly. That's why I would suggest any woman get support, get a midwife. And a good midwife. Just interview them. And worst case scenario, you can't afford it. Even a doula is great support. 
Yes. Yes. You know, and, and there are so many available, right? Midwife is a nurse, you know, um, there is a, a wonderful show on BBC called mm-hmm. The Midwife, mm. you know, and, and it, um, it, it goes back all the way back to, to earlier times where midwives were the only ones qualified to deliver babies at home. Mm. So, you know, it's it's a show that I think, oh, my gosh, I think it has 15 seasons now. Absolutely super duper hit. But it is so fantastic. You know, they would have uh, nurses uh, who were specially trained as midwives, in addition to being a basic registered nurse. Um, And they were the ones who would go home. You know, home deliveries were actually encouraged because that is the best place for um for a baby but you know if you still need modern medicine need to go to the hospital then at least you you can have a a midwife midwives are usually associated with the gynecologist offices as well at least in the u.s they are and um a, a doula can be very helpful you know many um many holistic uh people or uh, young people are choosing to become doulas as a career option now because you know there is so much more awareness of the toxins that our children uh, as newborns are exposed to you know i mean uh, uh, c-sections are an issue Um, having a natural birth along with natural things like nursing, breastfeeding, you know, uh, good food, organic choices. These are not as hard as they used to be many years ago. You know, organic food is becoming more and more available, more and more affordable, right? These big chain stores are carrying organic. So uh, you you made different choices for your uh, for your new baby. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I was determined I'm not going into a hospital until the contractions are like there. And I called my midwife. So she, she left her home and she met me at the hospital, which is also funny um, because my baby was going to be premature. They also told me that he needed to take some kind of medicine for the lungs. And um, my midwife was like, I don't think so. <laughs> and then they go, oh, well, mom, we need to hear it from you, mom. And I was like, whatever she said. And, you know, that baby came out screaming on the top of his lungs. <laughs> Strong lungs, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To this day, I was like, baby, you kind of loud. <laughs> so did you have a boy or a girl? Uh, again, a boy. You had another boy. Yes. So, Wonderful. you know, they, they each other companion. Yes. Yeah. So back, back to Zion. So that was a big mistake, not getting the support. Um, And then the hospital was very negligent with me. And, um, you know, I was breastfeeding. And I I don't know where my child would be if I didn't breastfeed, to be honest. Right away, you could tell he had a dairy allergy. Uh, but I was 
I already knew that I should breastfeed, but um, the hospital didn't want him to leave without having a bowel movement. So they told me to give him formula so that it can produce the bowel movement before they can discharge us. And when he had the, the dairy from the formula, I think he got constipated. Um, and his cheeks broke out. Um, and I, then I started noticing like, oh no, he can't have it. And then I remember two weeks after that, then I ate a slice of pizza and he would not poop. And I noticed, okay, I cannot eat dairy because I started piecing the two together. Oh, wait, wait, Penny, right. So yeah, just for those who are watching. So when you say you ate pizza, this is because you were breastfeeding and, you know, whatever you eat passes to the baby, right? Yes. Okay. So then at that moment, I noticed that, okay, I cannot consume dairy because it makes him constipated. But um, bowel movement became a big problem for the first year. Mm-hmm. It will go weeks and I will be so stressed. And his little tummy will look bloated. Um, oh, goodness. Yes. And um, I was doing my best. Like I was eating very healthy. I, I, I was just doing my best. But so then around the time, five months, when you start giving your baby his first foods, he took a few feedings. And he will spend his entire day crying and screaming after. And, you know, I wasn't sure what was going on. I was very confused about what was going on and took him to the pediatrician. To be honest, I don't remember what they said, but it wasn't nothing of substance. And um, then my baby, I think even though he was a baby, he figured it out. He figured out when I eat, my stomach hurts. And that was a nightmare because after that, he would not eat. Like he would not. He he would not eat and he became extremely picky. No, he would not eat anything. Oh, wow. I see. I mean, I mean, you don't understand the the shares, the tears I've shed as a parent, the frustration. I would make different things. I would parade things. I would Google things. I would read things. I would offer him different choices. My baby would not eat. Had he had all his shots by then? He had not had any vaccine back then. No shots. Okay. No, but I think the big thing that I think the problem was that that C-section, he, he was unvaccinated. Mm-hmm. The hospital tried their best to convince me that if I didn't give him the vitamin K shot, he would die. They were talking about internal bleeding, the vitamin K shot. but And another thing you have to know as a woman, you're very emotional when you give birth. And they have, and they know that, and they cater to your emotions because with all the knowledge that I had about vaccines, the fear that they tried to put in me about the vitamin K shot, um, 
they kind of shook me up. But luckily, daddy, not being a woman, was like, no. Oh, daddy stepped in and said, no. Yes. I love it. Yes. And, you know, so what they do is they try to skip through the men and go to the woman because they know your emotions. Mm -hmm. But at least I was knowledgeable enough to just listen to him and not allow them not to listen to him because they go oh well we need to listen from her and and then you know I said no no but I was I was I was fearful because they telling me my baby gonna die <laughs> that's the worst thing you want to hear when exactly. you, you give birth to this natural beautiful thing you have in front of you and they catering to you and telling you that it's gonna die if you don't get the k-shot but you know he had to remind me like remember all the children we know that don't have it remember <laughs> okay and um you know we that was just until we left the hospital um so they of course he didn't die because he didn't get the case shot but um the stomach issues were already there yes and my baby he was developing great he was developing great he was he he said a he was saying words early, like mama, goodbye, and waving. And, you know, it seemed like he was developing great and fine, but he would not eat. He would not eat. So now, I mean, I've tried everything. He was but nursing though, right? He was nursing still. That's the only thing. Only thing that, that was keeping him going. All yeah, right. yeah, that's why I said earlier. I don't know where he would be if I was not nursing because he would not eat. And of course that was overwhelming too, because now I have a one-year-old who is supposed to eat meals and nurse because I plan to do it till two, but he's only, only strictly breastfeeding because I think he knew, um, he knew, oh, this doesn't make my stomach hurt. You know, he knew it. I didn't know it, but he knew it. Mm -hmm. um so when 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 did you feel like he was losing his skills that that you know he he was becoming autistic um when he turned i i think like two months after his birthday ah okay um two months after the first birthday he he caught a cold and after that cold, his energy level went down. Mm. Um, he was not playing around like he used to. He was not laughing around like he used to. He was very fussy all the time. And he did not start walking. And around the time, my friends had had a bunch of babies. And everybody's baby was walking and not my baby. And I'm going to the pediatrician like every week at this point. And the pediatrician is not really helping. Um, and the pediatrician was not paying attention to me. And he he was losing his little baby uh, fat, his little baby weight. He started looking very small. Okay. And he was not playing like he used to. And he started losing eye contact. And he would not eat again. He, and, still, uh, okay. he still didn't eat. And I, 
I was every day stressed, every day crying all the time. Like it, it like no day got better for me. Like uh, the pediatrician, I think they told me to give him insure because it has vitamins, whatever. And right, right. Yeah. I read sure, right? Yeah. They were horrible, but my baby would not eat. I tried, um, I tried so many things and he would refuse, refuse, refuse. And um, these were dark times, my goodness. I mean, I was breathing, but I just feel like I was just not mentally alive. And a lot like, you know, and um, so I continued to breastfeed, but when he turned two, I mean, I knew this is not enough for him. So I had to make a tough decision, like, baby, no, no more milk because you have to eat. And those days were so hard for him. He would cry and cry for the breast milk, but I would not give it to him because I wanted him to be so hungry to the point he had to eat. Right. You were trying to wean him off. Yes. Yes, of course. And, um, then at that moment, I realized something is really, really wrong because before that he would sleep through the night. But now where he was taking some foods because he was just that hungry, every night he would scream and scream and scream and we could get no sleep. And I just was like, what is my life going to be like? <laughs> you know, like... I couldn't get no sleep. He couldn't get no sleep. The so, food, I guess he couldn't digest the food. Right. So wait, wait, wait. So through all of this, your your pediatrician wasn't helping. No. Because, you know, when when Zion was on breast milk, you know, his, his obviously breast milk is amazing. So he was digesting, he was growing. But as soon as he weaned off, and he started eating, he, he couldn't sleep because of GI issues again. So what what did they, I mean, what was the problem? Now, one thing I wanted to also ask, like at, at this time, were you, you know, throughout after birth for Zion, were you living in a moldy environment? You know, was, was there water damaged, old apartment, you know, uh, and any kind of suspicion of uh, leakage and mold in the environment? Uh, I'm not sure about that uh, apartment. I moved out of there a while back. Um, I know that they say that there's a plant. It's Elizabeth, New Jersey. Okay. They say it's... Um, I was living in an industrial area, so around there are many like factories, there's sewage. Yes. So maybe I believe it might have been air contamination, more so that the apartment was fairly new. Okay. Okay. So you had other environmental toxins, not not necessarily just mold. Okay, I understand. Right. I believe so. And then um then when he was two, then we moved to an apartment, a house, and I, that house definitely had mold visible. That mold. did have mold. Okay. And, yeah. And we yeah. did live there for a year. And so when was he diagnosed 
on the spectrum. I, I, they didn't help you with his gut, but, but, but you know, did they give him a diagnosis? They tried, but we didn't allow them. So what happened was after many going to them, many going to them, many times going to them, they sent me to a GI doctor. The GI doctor, he gave me a box of Pediasure Oh, and told me to just keep introducing foods little little bit by little bit to him. And that's what he did. And I knew at that point, this guy's not going to do nothing for me. And I switched pediatricians and they just doing blood work. They did a hearing test. They did um, recommend me to uh, early intervention. So he started early intervention at two years old. Okay. Um, that's the best they could do. So there was no speech, you know, and and uh, they suspected that he was uh, he was going to be autistic. So so they referred you to early intervention. So they did send me somewhere to diagnose him, but my husband and I we said we're not doing that um, because from my experience. So what happened with us was okay. We we know the drill. They're going to diagnose him, maybe send him some kind of SSI check, maybe um, uh, call him something and give him some kind of services and allow him to turn like this is some adult. That's not my goal. That was not what I wanted. I don't, I don't want the SSI check. I don't, I, I want to get to the bottom of the problem of his health issue not don't call him add don't call him nothing get to the what is wrong let's fix it so that he can be a healthy adult i don't want a diagnostic just so that you can label him so we just never chose to do that because even when i took him to school and i saw the classes that they have available for these children I mean, it was horrible. They put these children in the back trailers, not in the regular school with the other children. Okay, whatever. And they have, they said, um, they had all kind of class, special classes. Speech class and all that every day was a schedule. And as I walk in, it smelled like bleach every day. And then one thing with Zion with the GI issues, he would not get sick though. He wasn't a child to catch fevers or colds and things like that. Um, I took him to school, he got a cold. So I took him home. I, you know, I gave him a little elderberry tea. He'll be fine, go back to school, get sick again. And I brought my concern up to the teacher and I said, you know, he normally don't catch colds, but ever since he'd been in school. And she goes, oh, that's normal. You know, they always sick. They always throwing up. They always got pink eye. And I looked at her. Oh, Because wow. remember, I said my friends had a bunch of children who were not vaccinated. And they're, they're not going through any of that. So I knew, okay, um, maybe because the children are vaccinated, they're constantly having infections. And because mine is a little more sensitive, prone to whatever, she just... They, their teachers were telling me, even we get sick with these children, you know? And um, also, what I observed of what they offer, I knew, okay, no, mm -mm, this is not going to help my school. Uh, 
nothing but chemicals um, because they will clean. Because that's how they call themselves um, cleaning the germs, which I knew, okay, smelling that, it's, it's giving me a headache right now. And I do these little toddlers. Well, they do. Um, they, yep. They do use yeah. a, a lot of chemicals in school. Yes. So you pulled him out, you homeschooled him? Yeah. So I pulled him out, homeschooled him, and I, I, I gave him my own speech therapy. And, uh, you know, he started talking. He started talking and by four, you know, he, he was like talking a lot. He had a lot of language. But it was because I took matters into my own hand. I can't depend yes. on the insurance or the state. I, I don't think he'll be talking if I just depended on their services. So how did you so, find me? Like, you know, what symptoms did Zion have? And uh, how did you find um, find me? How did you find Bionexus? What for? Um, I, I found you through a podcast that I listened to with Karen Thomas. Okay. And um, also by just, I mean, I was searching. I was reading. I was buying books. I was looking for natural ways of um healing and my baby was not happy and I was not okay with my baby not being happy you know but knowing the system witnessing the system I knew what they have to offer they they take you through the insurance they diagnose your child they give them some services your child gets in special needs classes uh, where in these classes, by the way, um, the children are just in computers and iPads. Yes, a lot of EMF exposure. Yes, they're just given iPads. Yes, yes I've heard that. It's very yes. unfortunate. Right. Yes, so even math is no longer, math is now done through computers. Everything is a test on a computer. Everything is computer, computer, computer. And I know that these EMF, the radiation mm -hmm. is creating um, problems in our bodies. But not only that, with the children being one, small, it's creating psychological issues with them because they know, you know, children are supposed to be touching things and moving around and having a lot of physical activity that's how their brain grows right they're supposed to be touching the couch and notice okay this is soft versus when they touch the floor okay this is hard and these things are growing their brain they're supposed to touch something maybe be like oh that's yucky it's mushy but now yeah. they're just watching tv watching the youtube watching the ipad and they're skipping all these developmental things that all yes. matter. Yes, I, I love how you say that. You know, yes, exactly. You know, children are supposed to be children playing yes. around, touching things, exploring multi sensory experiences. Instead yes. of that, many so called special needs schools, you know, have children in, in front of some device or the other. And then they say that children have sensory issues. Well, of course, they have sensory issues because you're you're, you're actually depriving them from sensory, right? Yeah. So, you know, yeah. uh, for, uh, 
for the benefit of the the podcast can you uh you know i'm i'm just going to skip a little bit forward to mm-hmm. when when i started with zion and we put him you know put him on a uh, a, a beautiful plant based herbal protocol and i know that you've been very compliant he, yes. he's getting all his medicines he's getting all his herbals and um, what improvements have you seen um yes so we started uh it's um it's amazing because i've been with you for less than a year yes and we've seen great improvements in my son with the symptoms of pants and pandas which i also listened to one of your podcasts and um even though my son had a lot of speech before you know i started your program remember i told you i moved apartments yes after a while of living in the other apartment since the apartment had mold um he started getting these patches in his skin with um so it looked like bumps like big pimples but at the top it it was white and i'm like what is this and then his speech instead of talking he started making these noises like and i was like what is this and it's funny because he was making the noise um but then i started like your protocol and it stopped and then i listened to a podcast about pants panda how a nurse that her child had it the her own group of doctors and her own group of people was not getting to the bottom of what's going on with her child and she noticed the same sentence that I'm speaking, the child making a weird um, vocal noise, as well as the patches on the skin. And she, it took her a lot to realize this was mold in the body. But I was blessed to, because I didn't know, as the symptoms came, I didn't know what they were. I just know my child has developmental issues. He has gut issues. I figured this is just part of the, you know, the program. This is part of the, what comes with it, whatever. And I was just very depressed about it. But when I listened to that podcast, I'm like, oh, this is what it is. Something clicked. Yeah, yeah something clicked. Um, and that's why I don't believe in just the diagnostic because right. something's going on with the body. You know, you don't just want to say, okay, it's ADHD. No. What is causing it? What's, What's the on? root cause? Exactly. I, I, I'm with you right there. Yep. That's, that's why, you know, you and I clicked as well, because yes. I like to practice root cause medicine, not just, you know, suppressing the, the symptoms. The body's yes. trying to tell you something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So when we started the, the, in, in, in just weeks, he's the skin patches went away using your your the herbal um things the the tinctures the herbal protocol that's okay it's yeah um, right away and the the noise he was making that i mean he will make this noise like and you know and that stopped that stopped and it's crazy because now once you learn things, you can't unlearn them, right? So sometimes now when I'm at the park with my son and I I hear a child making that noise and I see the child and 
you see the symptoms, you see the child being like what they will call like autistic or whatever. And I will see the child making those noises. And I want to like tell the parent, you know, to be, call me what you want, but I'll write the parent a note, like look into pants pandas. Look into pants, exactly. Not just autism, right? So, um, I mean, I don't know if the parents take heed, because this will be a total stranger, but you know, my heart is with anyone. And um, I hear it now when I go places, that same noise my child was making. I hear them when I go places in other children. Um, so but you, you you found me through um, through podcasts. Podcast. Yes. Now you're here today doing <laughs> podcasts, you know, and I'm yes. sure you know many people will be able to relate to your story, just like you related to to that nurse's story. Yes. And you know, yeah, what I find is so indirectly you will be helping many families. Also, many. Uh, autism moms whose children have uh, recovered, you know, pans, pandas moms as well, they end up helping so many people in the community because, you know, you're, you're able to recognize the symptoms. And I'm, I'm waiting for you to go to nursing school. (laughs) Right. You know, and, and one day, uh, one day join a wonderful naturopathic team, maybe even my team, you know, and, and I, I would love to join your team. I would it's love to be a blessing. Team. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's always yeah. open for you. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 it means, it means health for a child, happiness, no more pain, good sleep. Um, just overall just good immune system yes and um i was very angry about life for a while because i feel like just the basics was denied to my child you know but um you know that is good and um i'm glad i ran into you and uh you know we still working together and um i don't feel as angry anymore i'm just you know motivated now Yes. Now, see, you know, it gave you um, the the proper peace of mind. You can look after yourself a little bit more. You have another child. You were able, you know, blessed with another child as well, who's doing great. Uh, uh, Zion is doing fantastic. He's being homeschooled. He's he's learning. Yeah, I'm I'm very proud of you, Yeni, and I'm so glad, so glad you came today um, to explain, you know, your and and again, I, I love your fierce attitude. You know, that that's how it should be. Fearless, fierce. And we have to be the strongest advocates for our children, especially when they're when they are so young, because you know, there is uh you can't be sheep anymore, you know, you, you because we are, we are expected to conform that this is how things are done, but you know, everyone is an individual. You you have to respect you have to respect parental choices, and I I think the medical system would greatly benefit if if they respected each parent's uh, each parent's choices that they want to make for their children versus forcing things on 
on every family that, you know, everything is cookie cutter. This is the way it needs to be done. So, yeah. And sometimes, sometimes I do question like, oh, should I have diagnosed him? And blah, 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 But I'll be like, nope, I'm not going to question it. I'm just going to get him all the help. And um, I, I do recommend for the parents to just look out for certain things at the school as far as getting their child EMF protection uh, and the services that they are providing, making sure it's not just a computer or, um, I mean, I, I decided to homeschool yes. because, of, um, because of a lot of the schools are old and they do have mold in them. Exactly. And as well as, the chemicals used all around the schools and the 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 big big radiation exposure um as well as a lot of the teachers are not equipped to properly you have to educate yourself on how to help your child because a lot of the teachers are just they just have this rubric thing that they follow it's not Same individualized. Right. The standard um, is not individualized. Right. Um, and there, no two children are the same. So your child should not be just grouped with a bunch of children who each one has specific needs, you know? Yes, exactly. Exactly. You know, uh, and if, if they cannot manage your child, often some, um, many will recommend medication you know, and, and they will guilt and shame the parents um, into giving the psychiatric medication. Just yesterday, um, I was speaking to um, mom and dad in, uh, in actually Saudi Arabia. Uh, mm -hmm. Was it Saudi? No, actually, it was Pakistan. And uh, both mom and dad are physicians. And as soon as they pulled their child out of this, you know, therapy oriented school, which was environmentally compromised, you know, everything we spoke about today, everything you mentioned, uh, the chemicals, right, cleaning chemicals, the mold, moldy environment, you know, all of those, the, radiation. the bleach. So as soon as they pulled out, uh, the, the child has been thriving, you know, on uh, homeschooled and on now on the herbal protocol. So they will be doing a podcast with me as well, you know, to, to raise awareness. And it's, it's great to hear uh, moms like you speak out. And, you know, I'm, I'm once again, you know, um, thank you so much for doing everything you do to help other children in the community, to help your, uh, your family and the tough choices that you've made I, I was like you know Yenny is is a fantastic tough chick you know I, I'm gonna speak with her so others can hear right yeah, yeah. One, one more um one more note on the homeschooling I know there's sure. another podcast that you have I can't specifically name the one but there there was a mom speaking that is on the protocol on your protocol where she said her children themselves asked for the medicine, right? And I, I don't yes. know, if it sounded familiar to you? Yes, Lena. But, yes, yes. Yeah. So she said that they noticed and they asked for the medicine, but now they know. Um, and she said when 
she was taking them to school in a certain gym. Now the child is like, okay, no, I shouldn't be here because now they started to recognize the smell and the symptoms that it gives them. So, you know, just back to let's be careful with the buildings um, and things like that, that we take our children because a lot of our babies won't be able to, like her baby, like her, well, they're older children to communicate in that way, you know? Yes. And, uh, yes. Thank you. Thank you so much for, for all you do. <laughs> and um, the, the amount, I mean, we live in different times and the amount of children now affected is, is scary. It sure is. It sure is. Yes. It's, you know, it's such a privilege to work with children and to help families like yours. So, Thank you. Thank all right. So let me, um, you know, I, I see that you're in your car, so <laughs> let me yeah. let you go. You know, thank you so much for uh, being here and joining me today for today's podcast. So, uh, enjoy your weekend and I'll see you at your next appointment, right? Give my love to Zion. Yes. Thank you so much. Enjoy your weekend and have a great one. Thank you for thank all you, you do. Wasn't that fantastic? Oh, I, I loved every minute of it. Well, thank you for joining me. I will see you guys at the next episode of BioNexus Health Podcast. Be well, keep smiling. Namaste. Thank you for joining Master Herbalist Dr. Jody A. Dashaw, Director of the BioNexus Health Clinic and BioNexus Herbals, on the BioNexus Health Podcast, where we explore and share information and stories about recovering and healing from chronic and environmental illnesses such as mold biotoxin illness, Lyme disease, autism spectrum disorder, fatigue, Crohn's and colitis, mast cell activation syndrome, PANS, and more. Please help us grow our message by subscribing to our podcast channel and sharing the podcast on your social networks. For more information visit bionexushealth.com. Information within this video, audio, or text, collectively known as the podcast, has not been reviewed by the FDA. Nothing within the podcast is intended as or should be construed as medical advice. Information is for general informational and educational purposes only. Consumers of the podcast should consult with their healthcare practitioners for medical recommendations. Seek the advice of a qualified healthcare provider. Do not disregard the advice of a healthcare provider based on any information from the podcast. The information within the podcast may contain information concerning dietary supplements or over-the-counter products that are not drugs. Our dietary supplement products are not intended for use as a means to cure, treat, prevent, diagnose, or mitigate any disease or other medical or abnormal condition.